All right. So, Father, we thank you. What a good God you are. What a faithful God you are. Your word is yea. Your word is amen. Your word is quick. Your word is powerful. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. I ask, Lord, you will speak your word. Uh, speak it with simplicity. Speak it with precision. Speak it with power and grace. And Lord, we ask that you will help us to have an open heart, to have open minds, to be able to receive the engrafted word that is able to save our souls. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In John chapter 8, Jesus taught in one of his uh, messages. A lot of times, Jesus' messages is a form of dialogue uh, uh, with the people he was talking to. And he just went into a discourse about freedom. I'm going to try to read a few of those passages in John chapter 8, verse 32 uh, through 36. So this is what Jesus said. He was talking to the, you know, to the Israelites, obviously, a lot his audience. Some of them were leaders. Uh, some of them thought they know. And Jesus said, and you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. And uh, one thing about the Israelites is they, they don't like an assumption that they were not free. All right? So freedom was big to an average Jewish person. An average Jewish person did not believe they were under, they were subservient to anyone. You remember the story of Mordecai. Mordecai would not bow right, to the king, because Jewish people don't bow. We are not under any person's control. Uh, so there is that prideful attitude to being a Jewish person, that we are not in bondage, even when they are, because Mordecai was, on, was, actually, was actually in exile. <laughs> but there's a psychological uh, you know, just attitude that they have towards, you know, the issue of freedom and bondage. And Jesus knew that. So Jesus is really, uh, you know, his statements are really intentional. Jesus was actually trying to touch the buttons, you know. So Jesus touched the button by saying, you will know the truth. Jesus already presented himself as the truth. And he said, you will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now he pressed the button, and they answered him, verse 33, we are Abraham's descendants, and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? So Jesus answered them, and he said, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Hallelujah. 
So that's the origin of some of these popular statements. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. If the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. So it's part of a discourse. But Jesus tells us what is true freedom. The Jewish people thought they had freedom. But Jesus really told them, you are not really free. You were never really free. You know, some of the things you thought were freedom were not really freedom. You are not a truly free person. The only way to be free is through me. And that's why I want to talk a little bit today about the path to true freedom. The path to true freedom. You see, because we still live in this, with the same mentality today. All right? We are free, wanting to be free. In fact, the world has its definition of freedom that we all know, especially those of us in the West, right? We cherish freedom. Freedom is something we really love, especially those of us in America. We are especially probably the most freedom-loving nation in the world, right? But are we truly free? in the real sense of it. Because the way we define with, uh, freedom is being able to do what I want without restraint, right? Being able to do what I want. You know, whether it's gone, being able to do what I want. Anything, whether it's abortion, being able to do what I want. I want to be free. Whether it's uh, how I dress, whether it's how I behave, how I... Being able to do what I want is really our mindset, and that's our definition of freedom. In other words, the free person we think does whatever he wants without any person standing in their way. Even the government can stand in our way because we are supposed to be free, right? But really, is a person truly free when they are able to do whatever they want? Is that true freedom? Are you more free if you're banging on your piano, just producing any sound that you want? Right, you can free to do what you want. Or are you in a pathway to a better freedom if you have a tutor that disciplines you, right? That tells you what to do, that focuses you, right? That restrains your action so that you can use the piano for the right purpose, right? That's how we produce beautiful music, right? Which is really, we enjoy, you know, whether it's worship, whether it's relaxation, whether it's entertainment. Most great things don't come by just our view or our view or definition of freedom. So freedom does not come simply by doing whatever you want. This happens a lot to kids. You go to college, then you are free. First year in college is usually the most difficult for most kids, right? Now there's nobody to tell me what to do, nobody to tell me when to study, when to wake up. You know, I, I, was, still, I was still really expressing my regrets when I was in East Africa. I was in Burundi two weeks ago. It's a French-speaking country. 
So, I, but I can't, I, can't, I can't speak French. But you know, my dad is a French teacher. My father studied French, degree in French, taught French. My immediate younger sister has a bachelor's degree in French. But I can't speak French. So I was, that's, that's not good, right? Disappointing. So I was sharing with them my story of how I couldn't speak French. So my father, I was a teenager. My father is a very disciplined person. So he said, uh, I'm going to teach you French. I said, okay. You know, do you want to learn French? I said, yes. I want to teach you French. Yes. I said, no problem. Next morning, he woke me up 6 a.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> you wake a teenager up 6 a.m. on a Saturday. And I'm like, I say, yeah, it's time to learn French. If you really want to learn something, you got to start, you got to do it very early in the morning. So woke up and, you know, first day, you know, taught me a few things. You know, I think it was during the holiday. By the next day, 6 a.m. again. By the third day, I said, you know, I don't want to learn French again. <laughs> if this is how to learn French, forget it. So I missed a precious opportunity to become a French-speaking person because I wanted freedom. I didn't want the discipline and the restraint. And look at how free I will be, or I will have been, going to Burundi and being able to communicate in half of the African countries, a huge part of Europe. I lost a wonderful opportunity in that critical time when speaking a new language is easy when you are young. To learn a new language now, oh my God. But I use that to say, Freedom doesn't come by simply doing whatever we want. That is not the pathway to freedom. And, we, if, and this is what Jesus is trying to teach the Israelites. That God's definition of freedom is not a matter of doing whatever you want without restraint. No. It is actually cultivating the right wants or desires in obedience to God's will. And we're going to get into that a little bit. In other words, freedom comes through a true alignment of our will to God. When our wants and desires are properly aligned with God, and which is really the, a free life, when our wants and desires become aligned with that of God, we actually begin to have what is called true freedom. The true definition of freedom is actually losing control. That's, 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 that's why it's, it's very difficult. It is really not being in control of your life. It is not just being able to do whatever you want. It is actually giving the right person control of it. That's why there's really no true freedom without boundaries. 
Praise the name of Jesus. Praise none. Jesus even said, you, you, yeah, you, know, you can only serve one master. You can serve two masters. So it is important to really get into the word and see what does the Bible say freedom is. Now, the goal of the enemy is to put us in bondage. We must understand that. The goal of Satan, who is the enemy of our soul, the person responsible for much, much of the, all the mess we are in today, his goal is to put us in bondage. His goal is to question God's plan and purpose for our life, is to question our alignment with God because deep down we all know being aligned with God is the only way to fulfill our purpose. That's, that's the only way. And that is the true purpose of freedom. You see, the true freedom is really having the liberty having the power, having the wherewithal to truly be what we were created to be. That's when freedom comes. That is true freedom. But the goal of the enemy is to put us in bondage, mostly by selling us fake freedom. Right? Which is really bondage disguised as freedom. That's it. Bondage disguised as freedom. And it started from the Garden of Eden. If you, if you, I think it's good to read in Genesis chapter 3. Let's read a few passages there. Genesis chapter 3. Let's read. I'll read it from the New King James Version. Now the serpent was more cunning than the beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Now, so serpent here is believed to, obviously, that's Satan. That Satan came in form of a serpent. Don't forget, before the fall, it was a different world. There was a communication with animals. I mean, Adam was truly a supernatural in charge, named all these animals. So serpent disguised, I mean, the, the devil disguised as a serpent, you know. And he came, was not more coming than any beast of the field which the Lord God has made. And he said to the woman, as God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So, yeah, start a conversation, right? Is that what God said? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, obviously the enemy came to confuse, to try to make our life more difficult. You know, sometimes the enemy comes and makes us feel sorry for ourselves. So did God say you should really be living a miserable life like this? Not being able to do whatever you want? You know, that, you know, sometimes many of us, somehow the enemy manages to convince us even the good life we have is not that great. You know, it's a life of bondage. We all go through that every once in a while. 
You know, even as a believer, where you feel, oh, this restraint, I'm not able to do this. I mean, it looks like I'm just in bondage. You know, but that's a deception of the enemy. You are freer, you are the most free person because you're not under the bondage of sin. You're not under the control of anything. You are under the control of the most loving, kind, generous person, which is God. And that is freedom. Now, I am able to release control to him because he knows all things. He has all things. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. So I can refrain from worrying. Jesus said, do not worry about your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. Just give me control, and you will truly be free. That's a free person. That's a free person. Come unto me, or you will labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Learn of me. I am meek and lowly. That's freedom. Freedom is just trying to not carry all this load, burden, and just being able to release it to him and live a life of assurance. Knowing that his plan and purpose is good for me, there's no way to be happier than that. There's no other way to be fulfilled. There's not. Um, people who don't have Christ as the Lord of their life cannot guarantee. They are not guaranteed that. They are not able to have that. Hallelujah. So the enemy was trying to confuse her. I mean, she didn't fall for it at first, Right? Say, no, 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 that's not. God didn't say I shouldn't eat every tree. God didn't say I should live a fasted life. All right? And then the serpent said to the woman, verse 4, you will not surely die. No, you won't die. If you eat that, that, that fruit, you won't die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. <laughs> so he said, look, now, there's an element of truth to what the enemy is saying and that's why the devil is dangerous. You know, he's so good at lying because he knows how to mix lies with truth and present it in a way that looks acceptable. Now, Adam and when they eat at the fruit, obviously they acquire what is called the knowledge of good and evil. But it's called, if you read my book, uh, Extreme Makeover, it is a subjective knowledge of good and evil, not necessarily the God's understanding, the God's understanding of knowledge of good and evil. That's what creates our will, our individual will. But it's very subjective, all right? Very subjective. And that creates the, the life that we have now. Now, so their, their eyes are open for real. They became separated from God. So really, they died, you know, because death means separation. I explain all that. But really, what the, what the enemy succeeded to do here is to present you know, his plan as true freedom, right? And to confuse man as per 
God's plan and purpose, that it is not really going to make you free. In fact, you are in bondage now. Before this time, you see, Adam and Eve, they were free. Although they were under God's direction. They were under God's absolute leading, guidance. They couldn't even do things without being led and being controlled by the Holy Spirit. The ability wasn't there. So I'm, I'm speaking some technical language now. They did not have that ability to, you know, to self-direct themselves. You know, they, they had some measure of will to choose, you know, whether to obey God or not. But as long as they're under God, they had no ability to self-direct and choose wrong things. They were solely dependent on God for their way of life. But that was so, so much freedom. I mean, there's such a freedom when you are really not in control. I experience this every once in a while. I go to a church where I'm just attending service. Oh, my God, he's so free. <laughs> you know, there's error in the projection. I'm not in charge. I'm just worshiping. <laughs> so he reveals to me how unfree I could be, even in this church. Because I'm watching everything. Oh, yeah, I'm texting this. This, this is not showing. What is my wife saying? How come the projection is not working? I don't know. What is going on? You know, the sound isn't that clear. This, that. I mean, you now, you have no choice because you're in charge. You're in control. But when you are not in control, how free can things be? That's, that's a good analogy. That's, that's the, things can be free. Life can be a lot better when you are not in control. And sometimes, many of us, we don't get that. And that's what the enemy really, really... So that is the root of this deception. That you, you want to just live your life under God's control? No. That's not a great life. That's not a great life. I mean, how about have control? Have your own subjective ability to know what is good for yourself. Why do you have to allow God to tell you what is good for you? And what is not good for you, that's not free. And that's how Eve fell. And that's the, that's the origin of our, you know, our sinful nature. That's how we are in a mess that we are in now. And this continues. The, the, the devil hasn't changed much. He hasn't changed. His tactics, you wouldn't change your tactics if he walks all the time. He walks. He continues this, and he operates through, he's in charge of the system of the world, right? You know, he, he owns the world pretty much, or he controls the world. He doesn't own the world, but he, he controls much of what is going on in the world today. He's the prince of this world. He, told, he actually told Jesus, all these things are under my control. If you bow down for me, I'm going to give it to you, right? They will see that in Luke chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, during the temptation of Jesus. Jesus didn't dispute that because it's true. Jesus even calls him the God of this world, the prince of this world. So he controls much of the information that comes to our mind, that comes to us. 
You, unless we learn to look at the word of God and see from the lens of the word of God, you're really going to be given to the deception of the enemy. What does the enemy say today? I'll give you an example. Look at how marriage is portrayed. I mean, if you look, if you really, you know, if you really pay attention to what is going on, you listen to talk shows, you listen to commentary, you listen to celebrities, you listen to all these people, you're going to know that the consensus is marriage is bondage. I mean, you're going to come up with that, and that's why a lot of people are not getting married. Guys are not getting married. They're like, oh, marriage is bondage. You're not free anymore. Then some people say, how oh, about let's design something that still allows us some freedom? How about open marriage? It's gaining popularity now so well, and people are beginning to come up with what is called open marriage concepts. Oh, that's not bad. You know, you're married. But you're free. <laughs> right? I mean, that's, that's what led to sexual revolution. Let's be free. All this society where, you know, sex is confined to marriage, that's not free. I'm a human being. I should be able to just do whatever I want, sleep with whatever I want, do whatever I want. I mean, that's, you know, in the 60s, right? It's called sexual revolution. Why, where has that, are we more free now because of that? Are we freer? No, we are not. We are, I mean, even if, if you look at how much we spend on STD alone, I mean, we have to do so research. How much billions of dollars that we now spend, we're not even, we're just talking about physical disease. We're not talking about the emotional side of it. You know, the unwanted kids, the, the mess, the chaos, We've created because of that alone. So the system of the world continues. The enemy continues the same method, presenting even being a person of faith. It's bondage. Oh, you go to church? Uh, you let somebody tell you how to live your life? I mean, some pastor tells you he collects your money. And, and he drives a nice car. <laughs> I mean, after listening to some people, you're like, wait a minute, what am I doing? It, it looks, it seems true. I, I go, I mean, <laughs> you forget about how your life is changed, how you are a better person, how you, you know, how your family, how your children, how you are so much a better free person, really. Not in bondage to drugs, to all these other things that other people, you know, you are content with life. You are not living in anger, bitterness. You are not, I mean, there is such a freedom that comes from such. But you see, some people present that to you, you think, wow, maybe I'm not that free. So if you keep on going and on and look at the messaging coming from every system of the world, it's, it's calculated, you know, to make people feel, you know what, this is the better way to be free. Was it two days ago, there's the, the abortion ruling. Look, some of the statements, people say, oh, yeah, you know, we're taking away women's freedom. 
I mean, that's not a question of freedom. That's not, no, there's no freedom. I mean, we'll, we'll get freedom by just being able to abort. That's not how we should have that. We should have a reconversation about when, when is a life Bible? When is it okay to just do all this? That should be conversation. When is it okay to say it's okay to just dispense life? Or baby at fault. I mean, that should not be what we want as a society. But if you look at it, it's, it's steered towards somebody's losing freedom. No, it's not about freedom. Freedom is never about doing everybody doing whatever they like. It's never about that. It is because that does not make anyone free. There's no freedom in that. It is actually a life of bondage. It leads to chaos. It leads to chaos. So Jesus is saying, I am the only person that can give you true freedom. And that's, that's, that's his message to the Jewish people. See, the Jewish people, we are free. We've never been in bondage, but they are in bondage, just like us today. We're free. We're Americans. We're the freest country in the world. But we are the saddest country in the world. The most depressed country in the world. We are. Drug use is high. People can't take, people commit suicide because somebody made fun of them. That's a definition of sickness. I mean, I just, I mean that's, that shows that we are not well. People are not well. I mean, people, oh, somebody made fun of me then something is fundamentally wrong. You can't get rid of people making fun of you. I mean, these, these things, so deep down, we need to start, something is wrong, emotional bondage. We are all collectively in so much bondage. You know, much of the world is moving on, even from COVID-19. We've not moved on. Drug use has increased, suicide has increased, homicide has increased in America. I mean, almost every indicator, we are still suffering from trauma. Much of the world have moved on. They, 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 I mean, you go to Africa, I mean, COVID-19, what? <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> they just figured out how to get money from COVID, COVID tests. That's... They're like, you know what, all COVID tests? <laughs> Just pay your $100 COVID test. We'll send you a result tomorrow. Don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> Somebody said, oh, no, we just figured out we can actually make a lot of money from your invented COVID-19. You invented. But what I'm saying is because we were not okay, we are, we are a group of people who are really sick. We've put ourselves in bondage in the name of freedom. Look at how we kill each other with guns because of freedom. And we're going to do anything. Protect them. Kill each other everywhere. You can do whatever. Every, I mean, Chicago every weekend, 50 shootings, 30 dead, almost Baltimore, everywhere. But we, are, we cherish that. That's a sign that we are sick. We are not truly free. We are at war with each other. We are collectively 
seriously under bondage. We are wasting each other's life, killing each other, shedding blood. We rejoice at all these things. We treasure it, killing babies, do whatever we like. Violence everywhere. It shows that we are not truly free. So Jesus is the one that gives true freedom. And that's the message of Jesus. Just like he's telling Israelites, you are not free. You're in bondage. You're not free. You will know the truth. The truth will make you free. And if the Son makes you free, you are free indeed. You are free from running your own life. You know what freedom that is? I mean, to be free from the burden of running your own life is great. It's a lot. The burden of trying to enter heaven by your own sheer will and power and strength. You know what that means? <laughs> it's too much. But giving all that to Jesus, the peace that we have from that, the joy that we, the freedom we derive from that, no money can buy it. Money can't buy it. And that's, why, that's what Jesus is telling us, that true freedom comes from Jesus. Coming to Christ is a true call to freedom. Galatians 5.13, Jesus tells us, Galatians 5.13, you, my brothers, and this is Apostle Paul writing, see Jesus talking through him, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. I want you to know you are called to be free. You are called to be free. Freedom is the essence of our calling as believers. Now he says, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather serve one another humbly in love. Use your freedom that you have to serve one another. We're going to go quickly go through some of the things, you know, some of the things that Jesus said we are free from. The Bible clearly says coming to Christ gives us freedom from sin. Freedom from sin. Jesus said, in John chapter 8, verse 20, uh, 34, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And that's the same message he told uh, the, uh, the, the Israelites, right? You are a slave to sin. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. Sin robs you of God's glorious ideal. And I want to let you know, that's, that's what sin does. Sin robs us of God's purpose, of God's glorious ideal. You see, there's, a, there's, there's God's glory. That means his glorious ideal for every man. What sin does is to cause us to fall short of that. That's bondage to fall short of your glorious ideal, of your purpose, of your destiny. And Jesus come to, first of all, grant us forgiveness 
and to grant us freedom from it. I want you to understand that freedom from it. I mean, that is when we really submit ourselves to Christ. The Bible says, sin shall no longer have dominion over you. You see, the more we are submitted to Christ, it's, it's not, see, Christian life is not a life of fighting sin. Some people think the focus is on sin, 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 sin. Don't do this, don't do that. I mean, that's not. It's a life that focuses on Christ. You see, when, and I want to, if, if, you're, if you're struggling with sin here, you're still really, look, focus on Christ. Focus on Christ. If you truly focus on Christ, working on your relationship with Christ, I mean, you just find out that sin no longer has control. Things just change. You're just like, oh, yeah, I can't even believe I used to really love to do all these things. These things that used to really appeal to me, they no longer appeal to you. Your will become just lost in his will. Your interest become his interest. There's an alignment, hallelujah, between your desires and God's desire. That's what happened to someone that follows Jesus. You see, so following Jesus is not equal to being overly avoiding sin. I'm not saying you should walk into sin, but don't be so sin conscious that you are not Jesus conscious. That's not how to be free from sin. The way to be free from sin is to be so Jesus conscious that sin no longer have control, dominion over you. Hallelujah. Freedom. The Bible also talks about freedom from the yoke of bondage. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Galatians 5.1. It says, stand in the liberty. We must stand it. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. There are all kinds of things the enemy wants to yoke us, control us, get us held down, bound. The Bible also talks about freedom from fear. Hebrews 2.15 says, And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Fear. I am no longer a slave to fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear. When we come to Christ, we are delivered from fear. When we come to Christ, we are delivered from death and a sting. See, death takes on a new meaning in Christ. And that only happens in Christ. So we, are, we no longer live our life in fear of death. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? 1 Corinthians 15, 55 says that. So there's so many ways Jesus brings freedom. Freedom from oppression of the enemy. Jesus categorically said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And he said, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Freedom comes in Christ. So Jesus, when we have Jesus, is freedom. But we must stand firm in our freedom. Because the enemy is, you know, is so crafty. Eve was free. Had the best life. The best life you can ever hope for. But the enemy managed to convince her 
that there's more, there's something better. I don't know what, what the enemy is trying to convince you of. I don't know anyone here, the enemy maybe is telling you, you know, just leave your marriage. It's not the best. Or just, just walk away from God. All this, you know, or make this, do this. Trying to convince you that what you have now, you can have something better apart from God. Let me tell you, apart from him, there is no better life. Any other life will lead to bondage. Any other way. Jesus says, there's 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 only one way that leads to God. There's only one way. That's Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. It is it is from the Father that we derive the purpose of our existence. The real, the true meaning of life, we find it in God. Because we came from God, it is only in connection with God we truly can be what we were created to be. And that's freedom. That's freedom. And the only person that introduces us to that God is Jesus. That's the only person. That's why he died for our sin. He gave us his own robe. And we wear his robe of righteousness. And we open the door to the Father. And the Father calls you righteous. And we have access to him. That's where we find true freedom. Hallelujah. That's where we find true freedom. So I don't want you to be deceived. And be very careful about the message of messaging of freedom coming from the world. It is bondage disguised as freedom. Being presented by people who are not free themselves. They are not. They are far from free. You know, sometimes the people we think are free. I remember watching uh, Larry King live. He was talking about Nixon. He was describing an experience, a weird experience he had with Nixon, uh, President Nixon, while he was president. So he was interviewing him in, uh, you know, just one of those personal interviews, not the TV interview, but they were having conversation pre-interview. They're just having like, and this is the president. And he said, the person looked aside and he said, look at those people. I think they are talking about me. Like, he was really disturbed. He thinks some people chatting down the hall were really talking. He was so paranoid. He, think, he thought those people were talking about him. So he said he was so stunned that somebody can be that powerful and still feel so insecure. I mean, the president of the United States. I mean, like, I mean, just worried about people down the hall just having some gossip and he's bothered by that. You see, sometimes people will look at that they have stuff. They don't. They, they are empty. They are in bondage. They are not in control of their lives. And we need to be really careful by the messaging that comes to the world. i like us to pray. And i like to pray for anyone here. You want to experience true freedom. 
listening to this message, you're like, you know what? I, I don't think I have this freedom. I don't think I have that, that level of relationship with Jesus that I can truly say I'm free. But I would like to have it. The good thing is it's a gift. It's a gift that comes from the Father. And you want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. Lift up your right hand and I will pray for you. If you're in that person, you want to make that decision, just lift up your right hand. God bless you. God bless you. I'm sure there's one more person. We have another person. God bless you. If you're online watching, you are not exempted, please. You are not exempted. You are part of us as much as we are part of you. I want you to lift up your hands where you are. And for those people lifting their hands, please stand up. Stand up where you are. I'd like to just pray with you. God bless you. Any other person? God bless you. Wow, thank you. God bless you. Place that hands on your chest. And just repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus. I thank you. Because you died for me. You went to the cross and took my place so that I can truly be free. So that I can be free before my Father. So today, I accept this gift, this gift of salvation. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Wash me. Make me a true child of God. Make me a true daughter or son. I want to experience true freedom. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen.